Hello, and welcome to Sunday Devotionals with John and Rachel. We're so honored to have you join us as we explore God's truth and get to know Him in a more authentic and intimate way. As we go through life, many of us have questions, concerns, and issues that may hinder us from fully embracing who God is and who He's called us to be. These devotionals are designed to help us navigate life and all that comes with it, learning and growing in God. So pull up a chair and grab a cup of coffee, or in my case, tea, and join us as we fellowship. So let's go to Luke chapter 2, and let's do the Amplified Bible today. Luke, the second chapter, verse 25, and this is the Amplified. It reads, Now there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon, and this man was righteous and devout, carefully observing the divine law and looking for the consolation of Israel, and the Holy Spirit was upon him. It had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not die before he had seen the Lord's Christ, the Messiah, the Anointed. Prompted by the Spirit, he came into the temple, enclosure, and when the parents brought in the child Jesus to do for him the custom required by the law, Simeon took him into his arms and blessed and praised and thanked God and said, Now, Lord, you are releasing your bondservant to leave this world in peace. According to your word, for my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared in the presence of all peoples, a light for revelations to the Gentiles, to disclose what was previously unknown, and to bring the praise and honor and glory of your people Israel. Amen. All right. So that's what we're going to kind of meditate on for the first part of this devotional today. And I kind of wanted to encourage us, once again, in light of this particular verse, that what God has for you and what God has purposed you to do is not just about you. That God's faithfulness is connected to you in such a way that it's also connected to other people who are connected to you. And other people are going to see the glory of God because you walked in your purpose. This particular story gives us a beautiful example of how far and how long God has your purpose reaching. Simeon is a prophet. Bible says he's up in age. And he receives a prompt from the Holy Spirit that, Simeon, you're not going to be able to die. You're not going to die until you see this promise. God has told this man that he is going to live as many years as it takes for that moment of grace to hit his life, for him to actually see the salvation that God has sent. Now that jumped off the page for me because I often think about the way we look at our lives. And oftentimes we look at our lives as this like linear kind of thing. Like, it's just about me. We got our blinders on. It's just about my future. So we don't really take seriously the fact that God might be calling us to something. Or God might be leading us somewhere out of your comfort zone, into another place, or tapping on you about that character issue that you're struggling with. Or there's something transformative that God is trying to do inside your life for the purpose of someone else seeing the salvation of the Lord. And their life won't progress until they meet you. Did Mary and Joseph know that this was the moment that they were connected with Simeon, that God had told Simeon this? No, they were just walking in their purpose. 
And this is what the beautiful thing about just walking in your purpose and allowing God's sovereign plan to come to light because of what God has been doing while you were just doing your thing. See, God doesn't just start working just because we showed up. God has a whole lot of other things that's connected to our life and how things have worked out and what didn't work out to lead us to moments that are not just a blessing for us, but they're also a blessing for someone else who has been waiting on a revelation of God. So Simeon is prompted by the Spirit, and he came into the temple enclosure. And when the parents brought the child, as the custom, so they're doing what they're supposed to do, Simeon took the baby in his arms and blessed him and praised and thanked God and said, now this is the part that I think will bless us. And this is also confirmation to us as we're walking. Because a lot of times when you're walking with God, you don't really know that you're on the right track. We are talking from experience. There are times where it's like, okay, God, this is the last instruction that you gave. This is what I thought you wanted us to do. Crickets. But the encouragement here is, Keep walking. So now is the appropriate time for them to consecrate Jesus and dedicate him to God for the purpose that God has for him that his parents don't even fully know. Because if the angel Gabriel told Mary, okay, he's going to be crucified. He's going to die and be crucified. No, she said the angel told her specifically what the purpose was, not what the process was. Because if God tells us what the process is, we're not going to do it. He tells you what the purpose is because he wants you to believe in the purpose and you believe what the purpose is what's going to carry you through the process. So Simeon is now a confirmation checkpoint to let them know that they're walking the right way. God has purposed checkpoints in our lives, even on this year. There were checkpoints to let you know, stay still, to let you know in that relationship to let you know, move past that now. There were checkpoints. And the question is, have you recognized them? This is just things to ponder about as we're moving forward. There's some people that God don't want us worrying about no more. There's some things that God wants us to move forward through. And the way he tells us this is through situations. He tells us these things through, through, through circumstances. And it's, 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 it behooves us as those who believe God and trust God for the, for the future of our life, for us to really ask God, even in every situation, Lord, what are you saying to me in this? Help me to better recognize your presence. Help me to better recognize what you happen to be doing. Because the truth is, he's always doing something. Something is always being done on our behalf. So Simeon is experiencing his own confirmation. Simeon is experiencing his own answered prayer after so many years, and his praise and his audible thanksgiving to God becomes confirmation to Mary and Joseph that they are doing the right thing too. Look at what God does. Look how organic God moves. So Simeon basically says, now, Lord, you are releasing your bondservant to leave this world in peace. So the first thing that we can say here is Simeon held on to God's promise for him. And some people are holding on to God's promise that is only going to be recognized when you move forward and do what God is telling you to do. Because you are somebody else's indication that God keeps his promise. Oftentimes we are so detached from our fellow men. We are so detached from community. We're so, we live in our life for ourselves, not realizing that God has engineered your life to cross-set somebody else's, to intersect somebody else's, to be a divine interruption in their life 
and a tap on their shoulder, I'm with you. So we are messengers both actively and passively in God's plan. So this is what God is revealing to us. So Simeon here, he's like, God, I'm your servant. I'm bonded to you. I've been with you for all these years, been praying for this all this time. And now the moment has come for me to finally get my blessing. Thank you, Lord. And now he says, according to your word, my eye has seen your salvation. So now what you have promised me, Lord, is a reality because this baby showed up today. I hope we're, we're, we're catching this, that you are somebody's miracle, that you showing up at the time that you show up, that you being where you're supposed to be, that you walking forward and moving forward organically with God is someone else's answer prayer. So my eyes can see the salvation. This ain't no, it's moved from prayer. It's moved from this hope to now, man, this child is in my hand. Think about that. The many times we pray for stuff and the realization and manifestation of those things seem like it eluded us. But I think God wants us to look at things a different way outside of the material stuff. He wants us to look at it like mm, you are the blessing. What you can do, what you bring to the table, what God has anointed you to do and gifted you to do, that is the miracle for somebody else. The purpose that God has for us is greater than us. And it's about God's glory to the world. And I know that, that seems like, you know, well, me and the world, like me, a little old me out here in North Carolina or a little old you in New York. We don't understand how dynamic God's plan is. And I think the Christmas story does a beautiful job of showing how many pieces God can use and how many pieces God chooses to use that seem insignificant. This brings us to the Matthew text. And I found this particularly interesting, and I was so tempted to go ahead and read all of these lineages, and I'm so tempted to do that, but I know I'm going to, about towards the, I was good in the beginning with the names, then towards the end it starts to get really crazy, and my pronunciation is going to be horrible, so I'm not going to do it. But what I want to encourage us to do is, in your spare time, I want you to look at Matthew chapter 1, okay? And the first verse says, the record of the genealogy of Jesus, the Messiah, the son descendant of David, the son descendant of Abraham. And it goes down all the way to his parents. So where does your purpose in God start? Where did God start think? Where did God start thinking about you? And why did God choose 2022 for you to be sitting here in this moment? right now, and what does God have, have planned for your future? That's something to think about. And how many people were involved in you coming to be who you are, coming to know what you know that you have never met and that you will never know? When you think about God's plan and God's purpose for your life, we must also take into consideration the unknownness of that purpose and how many other people were involved generations ago in the line that you're in to get you here for a specific purpose. When you think about the Christmas story, you think about Jesus, Jesus had to come from a certain lineage because God promised it that way. So how you came to be was on purpose. 
I don't know. Some of us is not comfortable. I mean, this year, like I've been saying, babe, I, I've been really reflecting on just my life and just the revelation of my life this year has been unbelievable. And I think even that has caused me to really think about what God does that seems like it's erratic and random and doesn't make sense. But yet God knows what he's doing, even to the point of DNA, even to the point of what bloodline you have running through your veins for whatever purpose he has, for what culture you are, for what gender you are, for who you are. God has connected his glory to who he has caused you to come through. We that grew up in church, it's not very often that you hear people preach from texts that it's from King James Version that this person begat this person and that person begat that person and that person begat that person. There are whole sections throughout the Bible that most people skip over because not, not only because we can't pronounce the names, but because these all begattings, we don't know who these people are. So you know what? Why don't we think about it from the point of view of our ignorance? Let's use that to our advantage. Let's use the fact that we are not historians and we don't know all these people. We know what begat means. Begat means you had this person, right? So we know that. But before the begat and after the begat, we don't know who some of these people are. So let's play on our ignorance and say, you know what? I don't know them. Because there is glory in the fact that you don't know them. Because that points to the fact that you don't have all the knowledge as to what God is going to do in your future because you can't even tell every single ancestor that you ever had. That God foreknew and had you in mind when he made them. This is, this is, this is, it's, it's mind blowing. So as we're reading, and I, I was reading through it and I'm like, okay, Tamar, okay. All right, Abraham, oh, I know him. Isaac, okay, good. Judah, yeah. Boaz, okay. And then there was some verses that popped up, like verse six. Jesse was the father of David the king. Oh, I know David the king. Okay. So eventually there's going to be a connection that I'll be able to draw that this is my line and that my line is connected to something that is glorious. So this is encouragement for all of us who say, oh, my family line is jacked up and I'm coming from a family line of alcoholics or abusers or whatever it is. There's going to be somebody in that line that God has put his glory on that you can trace back to God's involvement in your future. And just, I just uh, listening to you read just that line. Yeah. Matthew mm -hmm. never indicated who, like what the people did. He right. just include, he just indicated who they were mm -hmm. until there was somebody worth noting. Mm -hmm. So it's almost like God is saying, I won't disclose everything you came from. Mm -hmm. I'll let everybody know the line, but they don't have to know what this person did, what that person did, so what happened with here, over here. It didn't say you came from this person, a liar. Or that person, it just says you came from this person. Mm -hmm. And things over time, oftentimes will get lost in translation so that all you're left with is the essence mm -hmm. of where you came from. In that moment, what they did may be concentrated, but generations later, that's not what the takeaway is. The only person that knows the full scope of everything is God. Yep. He's the only one with the bird's eye view. So people in your generation may know you, but they won't know everything that transpired prior. Mm -hmm. that's, that's, that's phenomenal. That's the whole point. Nobody has a perfect family line. A lot of us were born out of chaotic situations. And if you weren't born out of a chaotic situation, 
you might have experienced one after you were born. And if you had to happen, happen to have a life where it was free from all that, somebody in your line don't have the same story. So like, like you said, babe, what God does here beautifully is Matthew lists all of these ancestors from who became what and who did what. And then when he gets to David, he's like, oh, yeah, but David the king. Remember him? He, he was the king. You remember him, right? So if you don't remember nobody else, he stands out. He points to what I have planned. But then also what God does through this text is he don't just stop and just make David exclusively glorious. He also tells us, yeah, David the king, but he also had stuff that was a problem. And this is what God wants us to do. He wants you to be aware of your weaknesses and aware that those weaknesses are not going to stop God from doing what he wants to do through your life. So yes, David the king. But hold on, David was the father of Solomon by Bathsheba, who actually he slept with because he killed Uriah and he actually had a baby through that situation. Yeah, but he's still the king. And that was necessary in order for Solomon to be coming because now Solomon continues the line that I want Christ to come through. So this is us not getting stuck on generational things stuck on or limited by, this is just my lot. This is just the way my family is. This is the way I am. This is the way it's going to always be. And we cap ourselves at our own expectation of what our family or what we should be doing when God is saying, and he could be saying to you, I got something so much greater for you. Trust me and trust the process and stop exalting what you think and your history over what my future could be for you. So keeps going down the line, keeps going down the line. And then in verse 11, Josiah became the father of Jeconiah, also called Kaniah and Jehoiakim, and his brothers, watch this, at the time of the deportation exile to Babylon. See, now, this is less about the history of the exile that, that, that God's people went through. It's the point that it happened. It's the point that all throughout our line, all throughout our family history, there's going to be stuff that happens. There's going to be seasons where we're going to go through things. There's going to be seasons that our family, there's going to be seasons. There's going to be drought seasons, all these real things that happen that are all a part of God's plan for our life. They're all ingredients that God is using to bring us to a hope and expected end. If there's anything that our lineage should teach us is that God is faithful. And that me closing the book on God's ability to change the course of my life, even in this coming year, is me doing a great disservice to myself. Because even Jesus Christ had a line. And that line was full of drama. The line was full of all kinds of stuff. But God's glory was manifested in a very real way, even through the Babylonian exile, even through seasons of depression and and doubt and isolation and all these things that could almost kill the line. This is showing God's faithfulness that through your most traumatic seasons where you feel like this is it, God's faithfulness is that steady undercurrent that's going to carry you through to your next season. God's faithfulness has longevity. That God's plan for your life is not limited today and it didn't start with you. 
So let's think about that. Let's broaden that sense as we're pondering on the Christian story. We're pondering on, on Christ from this point of view. That oftentimes when we say my purpose, we're thinking about my singular. But God wants us to broaden that view. And when you think about your purpose, he also wants you to reflect on the possibility of the past unknown. He wants you to use the lens of the past unknown to cause you to take the cap off of the future unknown. Because there's some things that you will never know, good and bad, about where you came from. But there's also some things that God doesn't want you to limit yourself from experiencing that you haven't even experienced yet. So 17, this is Matthew 1, 17. So all the generations from Abraham to David are 14. From David to Babylon, deportation and exile were 14. And then to the Messiah were 14. So all of these generations had passed. And God still found a way through all of that chaos, through all of that stuff, to produce a Messiah that would end up saving the whole world, not just that line. God used the line as a tool to redeem the whole world. And this is the purpose of Christmas. So as we are reflecting on our life and as we are reflecting on what God has planned for us, I think it's really important for us to zoom out. Don't get tempted by the devil to cause you to just look at what's in front of you. This is what I'm doing now. This is what my life is now. This is what my, my situation is now. You're looking too close. And any picture that you look at really close is actually distorted. Right? Mm -hmm. When you're looking at a picture and you're staring at it like this, sometimes the picture doesn't make sense. Mm -hmm. You're seeing too much of one color. You're perseverating over one section. God wants you to take about 20 steps back and look at what he has done and look at what the picture causes you to anticipate based on the pattern. There's a pattern that God is showing us about our lives. And at least... We need to be able to trace the pattern of his goodness, the pattern of his forgiveness, the pattern of his patience, the pattern of his faithfulness. Like these things, we can zoom out and actually take a step back, a few steps back, at least to last week. Stop looking about tomorrow. Now I need to take a step back to last week and just really sit down and think about the many times you crossed the street. Think about the many times, think about the news stories that you watched and you're like, mm, could have been me. You can start there. Think about how many, how many breaths you took since we started this devotional today. Do you even know? You can count them. You don't know what your heart rate is right now. Mm. There are so many things that we do not recognize that is attached to God's goodness. And I'm praying that we will become more aware and more sensitive to God's reality to that point. And if we begin to do that, the natural response is gratitude. The natural response is, I need to calm down. I need to just relax. Know everything is not taken care of. Know all the bills are not paid. Know on this. But let me remember, what did God do last time in this situation? Who can I help that's worse off than me? I'm not satisfied with my life right now. Well, somebody else would kill for my life. Hmm. This is something that I, that's been in my family line. It's, 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 been, it's been plaguing me. It's been, I can't break this. 
I, I can't I can't handle this situation. Whatever we say, whatever we're going through, we have to minimize that, zoom out, and see the possibility that God could be using that very thing as a tool for future generations to be able to look back on and say, this is what was, but this is what God has done through that. Recognizing it's not about us. It's not about me. And who gets the credit when God's glory comes to pass? Guess what happens? Notice what happens. God gets the glory, and the people that were instrumental along the way get some credit too. God is challenging us in the area of our ponderings. And either you're going to be pondering about something, or you're going to be worried about something. God wants you to be aware of what he's doing. And maybe you're not aware of what he's doing specifically, but being aware of what he's doing also includes making yourself more aware of what you don't see in it. And even more aware of what he's done. Before you go, we'd like to give you an opportunity to make Jesus the Lord of your life. Romans 10, 9 through 10 says that if we confess with our mouth and believe with our heart, we shall be saved. Pray this with me. Lord Jesus, I recognize and acknowledge that I am a sinner in need of your grace. I believe you died for my sins and rose from the dead. I turn away from my sins and ask you to forgive me and save me. I make you Lord of my life. If you made this life-changing decision, welcome to the family. We wanna know about it. Connect with us online at www.thelifehouseministries.org or by downloading the LifeHouse app. We love you all and pray God continues to bless and keep you.